Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dash Radio Show with your hosts, Don Wright DeBrantz and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to tonight's Dash Radio show. This is Dawn Wright to Blunt and my co-host Peter Mingles. Right here. And we have a fabulous, fabulous guest. And um, because I have just gone ahead and moved into a completely different space, I don't want to mess this up, but I'm going to introduce Miss Connie Ellis and I'm going to have her tell you all about her website and her brother's website and the Facebook page because I don't have it in front of me. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Just tell me to shut up if I ramble on too long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, my brother's name is Rory Hoffman, and he is a famous um, musician living in Nashville, and um, he's been there about five years now. And I have, I am um, his sister. I've written his biography, um, and it's uh, about 350 pages. So it's a pretty good-sized book, and actually it only covers uh, his growing up years mainly. So a lot has happened after um, the book was written. Actually, probably even more has happened um, that I intend to put in future books because I would like this to become a series. But the book's name is Rory's Story, and um, you can find out about Rory at RoryHoffman.com. That's the website where you can get his CDs and and see more about the book, and um, I can give you more about that later, too. And then the Facebook page where you can connect to us is Facebook.com slash RoryStory, and that is where um, you can see anything that he's doing currently, like um, if he's in the news or um, YouTube clips and things like that. So we, we hope we get a lot of new fans after today, today's show, and I really um, thank you guys for the opportunity for me to be on tonight. Absolutely. We um, just, you know, Jeff, who is our, our producer who goes out and finds these wonderful guests, he he brought everybody today uh, your story and, and the links, and we've been just enjoying the music, and just this story is a truly inspirational one. And one of my favorite things that I read today was how, first of all, I'm very curious how all of the sibs in your family ended up being visually impaired. Well, not visually impaired, all of you blind, totally legally yep. blind, correct? Okay, mm-hmm. and so, like, how that happened, but the fact that you used the term uh, nothing but a nuisance was just so cool. I thought, now that is a cool way to look at blindness, is a nuisance, because, you know, so many people, you know, they get a hangnail, and it's a crisis that, to me, someone who who states that, you know, you were raised in a home, that total blindness is just a nuisance, and you guys were all just, empowered to go ahead and have and do anything that you could and that your brother is just so so exquisitely talented and then clearly you're a fantastic writer so i mean this is a great home to be raised in so you have to tell how did this all begin how did this happen okay well my sister and i we're twins and we're actually nine years older than our brother rory and then our other brother reed he's 13 years younger than we are so um, but yeah, when we were born, it was just a complete shock to my parents when they found out that we were blind because no one else in our family um, has had any eye problems or anything. And um, so they were just, of course, really devastated and they didn't know anyone else that was blind. So they really had no experience um, or anything really, which I don't know, probably might have been just as well because they just used a lot of common sense. Fortunately, they were blessed with an abundance of that, and they just said, we're going to just try to raise our kids um, as normally as possible and just treat them like we would anyone else, and and that's pretty much um, what they have done. Of course, they used adaptive techniques along the way, but we didn't really even realize um, that it was adaptive techniques. We just thought there's just how we do things. You just naturally think of alternative ways to do things if the traditional ways 
um, don't work out. And, um, of course, they took us to all kinds of eye doctors and stuff to try to find the explanation of what the problem was with our eyes. But all the doctors, of course, at that time, technology and stuff isn't what it is now. So they all had a different idea or opinion, and and nobody really seemed very sure. So finally our parents just kind of stopped looking for the answers because even if they did find out what it was, there's pr- practically no hope that anything could ever be done about it. Um, so rather than always taking us hither and yon and having my sister and I uh, prodded and poked with needles and stuff all the time, they just figured we'll just um, live with what we have and and um, just not look back and just go with um, the the positive. So that's what they did. Well, that's absolutely awesome. You know, I think that um, so many people spend so much of their lives trying to fix or cure and never get to the space of of acceptance and just overcoming the obstacle and, and being a stronger person for it. And I think that that's truly commendable. So, um, you know, and clearly it worked out beautifully for, for you guys and, uh, and just a really neat story. So, so tell us because you know here you guys are how how old was it that it, that until your brother was showing signs of being a complete prodigy um well like i was telling you a little bit before the show started um we never really um thought of him as a prodigy quote unquote he was just our little brother <laughs> <laughs> um and um i should probably backtrack a little bit and tell you that um they didn't expect him to be blind either because all of the doctors and stuff had told my parents if you guys ever have any kids there's practically no indication that they would be blind or anything and so um that was just another shock for them to deal with and that's actually where my book <clears throat> begins um when they found that out and everything and had to continue on. And my sister and I, we always wanted to be teachers. Um, That had just always been our dream. So we kind of made our brother our little guinea pig, so to speak. (laughs) He was our first student, and we just taught him um, everything. Um, We called it playing school, but it really wasn't play because he was actually learning um, his ABCs and his numbers and his um, – all of his like braille and things like that, so he didn't didn't even have to go away to the school for the blind like my sister and I had to because he could just start right out in public school. He already had all the adaptive skills and stuff that he um, needed, and our wow. family had a, um, a music ministry. We went all over the um, uh, Midwest and played country gospel music, so he just always grew up in a musical background and. Um, so my sister and I, that was just another thing we taught him along with everything else was giving him his foundation in music. He started out on the drums, and we always knew he was very good, but we just thought, well, of course, he's our little brother, and we're good teachers, and so that's just kind of how we looked at it. But, um, um, yeah, he just uh, start, was playing on his first record album at age um, four, wasn't even quite five yet, and... Um, just went from there, expanded to many, just whatever instrument was laying around. He always wanted to know how it worked and the inner workings of it and everything. And and um, my parents were always really good about that. Instead of saying, no, you're too young and you can't do it that way because that's not the quote-unquote proper way, they just let him experiment until now he can play um, well, pretty much any instrument he wants to. He plays more than a dozen instruments professionally there in Nashville and He's probably most well-known for the guitar because of the unique way he holds it. He kind of plays it upside down and backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But when he was learning, that was just the way he, um, because he couldn't reach, he was too little to reach his hand around the guitar in the normal fashion. So he just did it the easiest way for him. And actually now all his peers there in Nashville think maybe we should all be playing the guitar this way because he can reach (laughs) chords and notes and stuff that they can do. It's impossible for them because they don't hold it that way. So everything just works out. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at his website and uh, all of these different musical instruments and so many years of just, you know, absolutely enjoying music and you know, I think that, you know, I, and I'm not visually challenged, but I've always seen, you know, musicians who were blind just really being able to go ahead and, and experience music at a deeper level. Um, so it just seems like he's just taken that to the nth degree. That's really cool. So, yeah, I um, mean, Peter, um, I don't think, 
Pardon? Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I don't think it's necessarily just automatic that you're going to be um, more gifted in music or whatever if you are blind, but I think just having that concentration that he's such a good listener and likes all styles of music, and that's one of the reasons he's kept so busy there in Nashville is that he um, plays so many instruments, so many different kinds of music, too. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, no, I wasn't suggesting that. I've just experienced a few different blind musicians who, like, the experience of being able to just, uh, the other senses can, can pick up things that, that those those of us who, um, who I, I guess it's vibration, and um, the same thing with a few deaf musicians that I've met. They just have a totally different experience of the music that I think that all of your senses um, being there can go ahead and sometimes be a distraction if they're if you're a musician. Um, and that's what I've heard anyway, and I'd love to mm-hmm. pick, pick his brain about it sometime. <laughs> yeah, that's um, interesting. So Peter, I know that I always, I, I start out and I hog, and I try, to, I try to give space so that you can ask questions too. That's fine. I was, um, I'm both humbled and uh, fascinated, and I hope it, some of the questions that I might ask might not be too awkward. Same here. But, oh, no, <laughs> I love questions. <laughs> but do, do like, I can see things and, you know, people like myself, sometimes we grumble if we don't have lunch. You know what I mean? It's kind of <laughs> like if we skip a meal, it's like a big thing. And yet, I don't know, do we make more of a big thing about you guys being blind? Or are you guys like, you know, hey, this is just the way it is, man. And for us, it's just like a regular day. We're doing fine. Like, you guys make more about it than we do. Is that more or less the way it works? Because you, you're just fine. I mean, I'm seeing this guy whip around on a guitar. I wouldn't be surprised if he puts it behind his back starting to play this. Thing. This man is amazing. Like, can he, I mean, he could probably do it with his toes if he chose. I mean, he probably could. He is fascinating. I mean, fascinating. I the, the music quality is wonderful. And when I watched him play, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what a natural way to play the guitar. Like, if I picked one up, that's probably the way I'd want to play it because the other way seems really awkward. So, But do we, make more of, do we make more of an issue about him or maybe you guys being blind than, you know, like for you it's just like a regular day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, um, like Don said, it's just basically an inconvenience for us or, or a nuisance. Um, but that's why I'm here, and that's why I wrote the book, is to just educate people to that fact. I mean, um, one of my main um, objectives in writing Rory's story is just to inform people as to, um, I mean, I didn't want them to necessarily come away and think, oh, that's so amazing because he's blind or whatever. I mean, I think he is amazing in his own right, but but uh, mainly I just wanted them to come away with the, um, to just be entertained and just subconsciously learn along the way as they're reading the story that, hey, blindness is just really no big deal if you don't let it be. It's just another normal thing, and you can do whatever you want with your life. (laughs) It's amazing to watch him on the YouTube video and to hear the reviews about your book. We're going to come back after another minute or so as we start to play a commercial, but I want everybody to be able to get the website for your stuff as well, and we're going to spell it out for people so they know, because spelling counts. Here we go. Is Rory, R-O-R-Y, Hoffman, H-O-F-F-M-A-N.com, and then Facebook.com forward slash Rory Story. That's R-O-R-Y-S-T-O-R-Y, and we will do that at every break to make sure that you guys get over there because this is some really cool stuff. So we'll be right back after the break.
So for those of you who are coming back, this is the Dash Radio, and I'm Dawn, and we have Peter here, and and uh, we are just, that's just the most calming, absolutely wonderful music. I need to be playing that all day. <laughs> so um, that was Rory, and it's Rory Hoffman, and uh, we have his sister, and I mean, you have chosen to do um, to really. I mean, you've you've homeschooled your kids, and you've written this book about your brother. And I, I'm getting that you're one of the most selfless people that most of us have ever met. So why don't you tell us? It's probably not the most comfortable place, but tell us a little bit about you. Um. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, I guess I could probably start with my um, writings to okay. kind of tell you a little bit about the background of how that all came to be. Awesome. Um, I, I just love to write stories, and even as a child, I was just that was just one of the major ways I entertained myself is by well, reading and then writing. Um, and so when I was 15, I actually started writing a book about my own life. Um, I really liked the Laura Ingalls Wilder books, the series The Little House on the Prairie. Right. I always thought mm-hmm. I wanted to do that someday <laughs> because people had always been asking um, for our family to write a story about um, ourselves because, like I said, we had traveled all around and people were always just asking questions about how we do things and and um, about our family. And so there's always that curiosity there. And so I actually still have that manuscript in rough draft format that I might do something with one of these days. <laughs> um, I kind of want to get this book promoted a little more and everything first, but um, like I said, I do hope and intend that it will be a series. And um, so, But then um, that book kind of just got put on the back burner for a while because after, uh, of course, I didn't have... We lost you, Connie. We had the twang of the internet. Bam. Yep. <laughs> Here she comes. Here she comes. Um, there she is. She's back. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. If you're pacing, go closer to the base, and you need to start over because we lost you. We lost about oh, twenty, about ten, about ten or twenty seconds total. But you, you're doing fine. Okay. So we, we're at sorry the point where that. you're talking about a manuscript, and like you want to rekindle okay. it. Um, yep, I still have that uh, manuscript in, in rough draft format, and I'll probably do something with it um, at some point, but right now I'm focusing on promoting this book and everything. But um, hmm. Connie? I don't think we're going to hear what she wants to say next. No, there's just something about what <laughs> she's I... trying to tell us. We just lost that for about 10 seconds again, Connie. Shoot, um, I wonder if I should try on my landline instead. <laughs> That's fine. If you want to go ahead and do that, we'll just fill some time and space, and, uh, and we're, we're good at talking to fill space. It's okay. <laughs> okay, that hasn't happened before, so. 
Uh, if anything weird's oh. going to happen, it's going to happen when you're on our radio show. So it's don't exactly. worry. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, um, we'll probably just try it one more time and see if three times a charm. If that's okay with you guys. That's, that's fine. fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Just let me know if I get cut off again, though, because I do have another phone here. But um, so anyway, um, uh, <laughs> for the third time, <laughs> so I um, got busy with college and and family and everything. So the book just kind of got put on the back burner for a while because um, I didn't really know anything about how to get it published or anything like that. But I majored in elementary education because I always wanted to be a teacher, um, and I. Just um, really loved it. That's the whole. If we have time, maybe I can talk more about that. How I did my student teaching because I, I ran into a few issues with my professors never having had a blind student before and not knowing if I could teach or whatever. But oh yeah, let's um, anyway. hear about that. That must be a really interesting okay. situation. And um, yeah, so tell us how that how that happened. Okay. Well. Um, um, basically, um, there's this pre-student teaching class where we are just supposed to spend like an hour a day in the classroom and um, um, just kind of get our feet wet, so to speak, and the professor didn't even want me to do that. He finally reluctantly said I could do it if I had a partner with me, um, but I knew I didn't really want to do that because then that would just be an excuse for um, them to say like that she needs an, an aid in the classroom or whatever and I knew that my partner would probably end up doing most of the work while I just kind of sat in a corner or whatever Sure. and so I just thought it was really important to set that precedent that I wanted to um, do this on my own and um, so because everybody always means well and everything but they just um, I think that's one of the biggest disadvantages of blindness is just everybody's misperceptions and just the stereotypes and them assuming that we can't do something um, instead of giving us the benefit of the doubt and trying to think of um, ways that we might be able to do it. But mm. one good thing is that when people are enlightened, once you educate them or once they learn or whatever, then they're usually just very open-minded and, and um, willing to go with it. Like that professor actually became one of my biggest fans then once he realized um that I could do it, and um, I, the way that happened was my partner that he had assigned to me, um, she was just kind of on my side, too, and really understanding my point of view that I um, wanted to do it on my own and everything, and um, so she actually, um, when we were supposed to go to the classroom the next day, she had taught me the, how to get to the school and everything, so I knew I could get there independently, and then she pretended to be sick, so... Uh, she said, well, I can't go to the uh, to this class, so I guess Connie will have to go without me or whatever. So that's what I did. And then, and then of course, I was there by myself, and then the, everybody got to see that I could actually um, – and I actually started teaching the kids and stuff a lot before my, my peers because the uh, teacher is just kind of uh, awkward at first, like a lot of people are when they first meet a blind person and didn't really know how to react. So I just kind of had to take charge and – just say, well, maybe you could let me read to the kids, or maybe you could let I'll help them with their math or whatever. So instead of her telling me um, what I should be doing, I kind of made the suggestions, and everybody else is kind of envious. Oh, you get to work with the kids already. We're just busy over here correcting papers and doing busy. <laughs> Good for you. That's awesome. So, so you know that that must be a very frustrating thing. And and how is it that? You communicated so efficiently with with people that they that they could embrace it because I think a lot of people you know they always mean well but they end up taking away opportunities so you know that's a really important thing to get across you know if if somebody is dealing with someone who maybe they're new as an employee at their establishment or they they're coming in and they're they they have a handicap in some way how because communication is critical. How does one ask the most, uh, you know, the awkward question, you know, and, and truly empower somebody who's struggling, you know, with any kind of handicap? Um, you know, how how does one approach that, that conversation? I mean, if I wanted, if I saw you walk into my establishment, how would I go ahead and say to you, um, you know, I, do you know what I'm asking you? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, yeah, the, the person with a handicap or whatever the challenge might be um, bears some of the responsibility, too, to just um, 
be friendly and outgoing because I have met some blind people who um, just take offense so easily or um, either they're way too dependent on other people or they're, they don't want any help and they just um, um, want people to leave them alone and, and um, then that kind of turns people off too to the disability or the person with a disability. So, um, yeah, I think the main rule of thumb, though, for everybody to just keep in mind is that at heart we're just all people and we all have our imperfections and no two people are alike. So even if you meet one person that's uh, uh, one way, don't put that onto like all blind people or whatever because we're all just as different as anyone else. And um, just to basically ask them, like, do you need help or how can I help or something like that, and then... Um, um, just go from there and be willing to, um, instead of assuming that something can't be done, say, do you have any suggestions or let's think together and brainstorm of how we could um, get around this obstacle and, and don't think of things as being insurmountable, but just as um, challenges to be overcome. Nice. Okay. So direct is best. Direct and gentle. <laughs> Got it. So thank you so much. We'll be right back after this next song. It's called... Avalon, and for those of you who were listening to the last song that we played, hold on, I have it right here. It was, Peter, what was Autumn it? Leaves. Autumn Leaves. Okay, thank you so much. And it was this good. Is, Whatever it was, it was good. This is good. Okay, so this is Avalon by Rory Hoffman.
That was awesome. That was Avalon by Rory Hoffman. And if you'd like to go ahead and check out Rory and uh, and Rory's story, you can head on over to facebook.com forward slash Rory story, or you can go ahead to RoryHoffman.com. That's R-O-R-Y-H-O-F-F-M-A-N. And we are back with his fabulous sister, Connie, and uh, my co-host, Peter Mingles. Peter, go ahead. You get to ask questions now. Absolutely. Now, um, obviously, you know, feet tapping, you know, head nodding up and down, really great music, unbelievable stuff. He's a very talented individual. And then there's the business side, Connie. So you're writing the books. He's doing some of the music. How is the, regardless of whether he can see or not, you would never know that if you didn't see him. What? How does a musician like himself get himself known in the music industry. I know we went to Nashville, which might be somewhat uh, in- inclined to hear that kind of music, but what is it? how is the business behind the business run with your brother and yourself with writing the books? Oh, doll, I could probably talk for a long time about that. Um, am I still breaking up or am I coming nope. through good? <laughs> You're doing fine. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, basically, um, when Rory graduated from... Uh, high school. Um, He went to college for a couple of years, and of course, everybody wanted him to go to their college. They were all trying to recruit him and everything. (laughs) Um, And there's more about all that in the book, too, and everything. But then he he kind of worked locally with a person in North or South Dakota, because that's where we all were raised, kind of on the border um, between North and South Dakota. So we claim both states as our own, basically. But um, he and this um, friend of his actually founded a recording studio in the little town of Mobridge, South Dakota, and he did that actually for about 10 years. Um, And I guess that's where he um, learned a lot about just becoming an engineer because um, he would record other people's projects, and um, so he was exposed to many different genres of music, and and of course he did his own um, stuff too. His first CD, he actually recorded in Nashville before he lived there. Um, it's called Blind Faith, and it's comprised mainly of hymns that he does in, but they, they, they're they modernized. They're, they're just all different. Um, um, like some have a jazz flavor, some have a country flavor, so they're not really like hymns that you, like you've heard them before. He has puts his own original touch to everything. Um, and then he also recorded his second CD, Fishing, during that time, which is more of a country um, album. He has a lot of original songs on there. And um, then after um, he was um, doing the recording studio thing and um, going around a little bit on his own and performing and stuff, he he thought, well, I think I'm... There's, I've just pretty much done all I can do in South Dakota. So he, he wanted to tr- to see if he could actually make it in Nashville um where the big dogs are so to speak and of course there's a lot of competition in that town because it's just so saturated with talent and everything so um a lot of really good musicians just don't make it there because um there's just too many people but Rory just found uh, a niche there right away actually um and some of the things he's been doing there are things that he didn't really expect but he just we always just try to be really flexible and go with with whatever happens. Um, So he just started to play with a gypsy jazz um, band there of all things. I mean, you always mostly think of music city there as a country, um, country music, but um, he, he thought, well, I I can always get a gig doing that because he'd been playing country all his life. So he thought I want to try the jazz thing because he's always just been very enamored with the complexity of jazz and, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So he got he started doing that and and um, he brought his accordion there just because it's one of the instruments that he has but he never really expected to play it very much but there aren't too many accordion players there in Nashville so he does a lot of accordion gigs there and um, he just um, he plays with various groups he doesn't really do as much of his own um, stuff right now but that's changing too but. But for the time being, he's just mainly backing up other people and just really loves doing that because he he gets to do such a variety of different venues. He goes all over the nation with these different bands that he's with. And um, so that just keeps him really busy. And he he, he still records his own. Um, he has a studio there in his house. He just bought his own condo there. So 
he and then he also just goes um to other recording studios and um either records other people's projects or plays on their projects so he's just doing a wide variety of of things there um and just recently he's just had a lot of doors open up for him like um last spring he caught the attention of two number one um, musicians around there uh Brad Paisley and um Keith Urban both found his music and thought what what have we been doing all this why haven't we heard of this guy before and everything so um there's a really neat article in the paper that highlighted Rory and had quotes from all these guys and um then in December um Rory was invited to this really neat um guitar symposium with some of the top um guitar players in the um nation like Vince Gill was heading this thing and um uh, John Jorgensen and uh, just all the, the top guitarists that everyone has heard of. So um, he got to do um, play there, and he got a couple of standing ovations. And so he just slowly, by just bit by bit, step by step, just one thing after another, um, things kind of just um, pile on. Like there's this one guy at that symposium, and he's from Vector Recording um, Artists um, Agency. It, um, Vector is one of the top ones there. And um, this guy um, was just scouting out new talent. And so just recently he contacted Rory, and it's just a really new um, thing that we don't really know much about what it's going to all entail. But this guy just really wants to take Rory's music to the next level and and um, just talking about doing overseas tours and everything. So... So, yeah, it just kind of, and then, of course, um, as Rory started getting to be more and more well-known, I just kind of thought, well, I, I should just um, write about him since um, um, he, he has a more exciting life than me. I'm just kind of a stay-at-home mom, although I love what I do, but it's just kind of routine. Every day's a lot like another day, and I just thought I'll just focus on Rory for now and get get him some uh, attention and exposure, and then... Um, I will just go from there. So I found a publisher, which <laughs> that's another story, but um, I eventually found one, and um, everything just went great. With They were just really willing to work with me as far as being a blind author and the adaptive techniques, which I didn't, it turned out I didn't really need that many, um, like things I was wondering how I was going to do. Like I wondered, how am I going to um, look at all my editor's um, corrections and stuff? Um because I figured I'd probably need sighted help with that, but I like like to do things as as independently as I can. So I just um, did a little research and discovered that my screen reader that I have on my computer that reads the what's on the screen verbally to me, um, I can also set that to change some of the settings, which I hadn't realized. But it will identify the different fonts. So like I could tell whenever my editor would put something in red or whenever she wanted me to uh, take something out or add something and, and things like that. So if you just set your mind to it, you can just um, pretty much anything you want to conquer. You, that's just been my experience anyway, that we can do pretty much whatever we set our minds to. You've used the term adaptive techniques, and I guess that's more than just a phrase. What does that mean? Um, basically just ways to adapt um, to things that that other people um, do in different ways, like Rory uses uh, adaptive techniques for playing the guitar, but it doesn't necessarily mean that those techniques are inferior, um, or and a lot of times I think they're superior, but they're just ways that other people don't think of because they're just used to looking and seeing how everybody else does something, and they just automatically do things um, in a similar way, but um, just everyday things, which I really don't even think about because it, it's just automatic and natural or normal for me like people always ask how do you do your laundry and um um you just um learn the colors or you can even put little labels like braille labels to keep your colors straight and um pin different things together like i always pin my socks together so actually i lose my socks way less than my husband and the rest of my family who are always losing their stuff <laughs> And a thing like driving is another big one. People always wonder how we get around, but of course there's public transportation. Um, and um, like um, we take the bus and the plane or whatever taxi, and and um, have done that independently. And then um, you can just like we you can walk anywhere independently if you just learn to listen for cars and traffic and, and things like that. So yeah, things like that are are really no big deal once you learn the skills. I think part of the 
fascination that me and maybe some other people would have is we try to figure out how do you do the things that you do if if we in our present position were just, you know, we had to close our eyes and just kind of figure this stuff out. So that's where the fascination comes in with me because I'm just like so amazed and hearing the different stories that he's been able to do. On the other side, we're going to take a break in a little bit to listen to one more thing, but you mentioned something about colleges, and you mentioned a lot of people were really after him. Uh, maybe when we come back up the break, you can kind of expand upon that, on how he would be in such high demand with the stuff that he does. And then I want to hear some fun stories about how some really talented guitarists try to flip their guitar over and play it the way he does and how bad they must sound. Because <laughs> I'm sure everybody tries to play the guitar the way he does. <laughs> they try. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. All right, okay, so I, can I we've got on? Cantina Band and by Rory Hoffman coming up.
Hoffman, and it's just, I mean, I was in the Star Wars movie listening to that. That was way fun. <laughs> he is just so completely talented. I mean, that it was that was clarinet, and was he playing more than one instrument there? Yeah. Um, in fact, I should probably tell people that those, those samples that you've been playing um, during the, song, the show are all from his most recent um, album, which is called Swing Expedition. Awesome. And it's mostly, I guess you could say, jazz music, but um, mm-hmm. as you can hear from there, he puts his own original touch to everything and kind of mixes all the different his techniques together there. And he plays um, every instrument on every song pretty much, except for, I think, a couple songs. He had someone playing bass guitar and another one of his buddies there in Nashville played drums, Tommy Wells, who had played on a lot of number one records, was playing drums on a couple. But otherwise, Rory totally did all of the engineering and played every instrument that you hear on the CD, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. That gives a whole new, new term to, to definition to one-man band. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's in the studio. He's mixing it all. That's amazing. Truly amazing. Wow. Okay, Pat, yeah. had I was wondering. I was wondering if he had played more than one on that last song and you're telling yep. me he played way more than one. Everything. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so back to my question about college. So here he's okay. a young man, he's planning on going to college and it seemed like he was in demand, you had mentioned. Why yeah, would that, that why that would that is... have been? <laughs> he was just starting to get discovered and people were starting to realize and we we were just really fortunate because we grew up in the small town of Lemon which I'm sure you've never heard of before. <laughs> it has a population of like 1,500 people. And um, so actually we grew up um, on a ranch seven miles um, north of there, which is where we, my parents still live out there and everything. And um, and then um, when Rory um, got to high school, of course, um, he started playing with some of his buddies in the high school um, in some of the little bands that they had put together. So they played for a lot of the high school dances, and he was in a contemporary Christian band, and they went all over to different churches and played and everything. And and um, it just happened that um, we got a really great couple. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Raber were his music teachers during his high school years, and I don't know wh- why they ever chose the metropolis of Lemon, South Dakota, but um, it was just a great thing that they did because um, Mrs. Raber, she's just excellent and um, just really helped Rory. I mean, she's one of the big influences um, with his jazz um, music and just exposed him to a lot more of that and just gave him a lot of opportunities. So he, she just really saw the potential that he had and just gave him opportunities to go to, like, different um, contests and um, he went to international music camp and was playing uh, with uh, competing against people from all over the world, I guess, international, and um, just caught everybody's attention because um, in some of these places that he would go there in high school, of course, um, some of the college faculty, because a lot of these venues were colleges, and so they got to see Rory in, when he was still in high school and, and knew what all he was capable of, and a lot of times Rory would end up um, like playing faculty during some of the performances and everything, and just really cool stuff like that. Like one of the one of the college professors um, just um, said, "I would really love to play a duet with you to just show some of these students what 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 can be done, and that you shouldn't let anything stand in your way." And he said, "But but this is a really complicated, complex jazz song, and I would have no idea how to teach it to you." And Rory just said, "Well, you just play the." Um, chords and then I'll figure out how to make them because he knew that he was really the only one that could to, could figure that out because no one else could play like the way he did so they wouldn't know how to tell him the fingering or whatever so that's what they did and and um, Rory just um, showed everyone and every they were all saying giving him scholarships and everything but he, <laughs> he chose to go to to um, the college in Aberdeen South Dakota for two years but then after that he was just getting so many opportunities that he um, I guess he was a college dropout. He never finished and got his degree because he was just <laughs> too busy actually living the dream instead of going to school to learn about it. So that's uh, that's pretty much that story. <laughs> that's awesome. 
um, you know, it's 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 awesome to be willing to go ahead and follow your path, no matter what it is, and no matter if it's a a sharp turn to the right or the left, and and what you thought you were going after. It, it's really awesome that you guys have been really versatile, living by faith, and and um, and just following following your uh, your journey. And I think you've done that, and he's done that, and that's just awesome. And I gotta say, you guys must have some really amazing parents. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, like they they just knew from a very from the time my sister and I were small that they wanted to be the ones to raise us. They didn't want that to be the state's responsibility because a lot of our classmates there, when we went to the school for the blind, um, they only got home like. Um, two or three times a year at holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas or whatever, but my parents made the commitment to get us home every weekend, which was 200 miles away. And so they did that for nine years until we started public school. Um, But in those nine years, my parents traveled like 270,000 miles just to get us home every weekend, and that was just one, one of the things. So, I mean, they just played a huge influence because, of course, we had our family band and and so um, my dad always likes to tell people that there was never really a generation gap there because we always just had to work together, um, like to make our music sound as good as it could, and just to to we had to had to travel with each other in, in close proximity, going thousands of miles that we traveled just with our music and and everything. So we're just still a very close family even today. We always try to at least once a week we'll all get together, all of us siblings and our parents, and we'll Skype and we'll do conference called once a week so everybody can keep everybody up to date on what's going on so we just really treasure that <laughs> that's incredible really um and and actually how many siblings are there there's my twin sister and i and then rory and then our um other brother reed and he's do he's touring around the country as a drummer so we're all doing what we love <laughs> wow that's awesome <laughs> and uh, I was just thinking I'll have to get in touch with you on Facebook because um, there's some really interesting things coming out technologically for people to be able to go ahead and have five or six of you. Do you guys do like five or six of you on different webcams all at the same time talking to each other? Yep. Well, actually, we don't use webcams because only oh, our parents true. can benefit from oh, that. My gosh, <laughs> <laughs> but just the technology—that is another great point. That we just we would be lost without our computers because they just enable us to do so many things that weren't possible a few years ago. Like we do all of our, our own shopping on the internet and and just the communication that's available. It's just been really, this is a great time to be alive. (laughs) Oh, it really is. It's fascinating, isn't it, the things that we can do today that just 25 years ago were just not even considered. There was no imagination. um, Well, I mean, we had 2001 A Space Odyssey, right? We had movies. (laughs) (laughs) So... um, now your other brother is a drummer. He's is he is he a hand drummer? Is he a percussionist for a band? Tell us a little bit about him. Yep, he he plays for a band called Beyond Control, um, and um, they do all kinds of pop and country um, music. And he goes all over. Mainly it's the Midwest now, but they're starting to expand, and and um, so they're keeping really busy. And my sister. Um, she has a daycare in her she lives in Montana and so and um my parents are still on the ranch out there and Rory just always has exciting things going on every week. He's like the highlight of our calls telling us what his latest <laughs> adventures are and everything. So yeah. That's just really cool. Now now you just before we close, you had said something about homeschooling and do you have children? Um, yes, and none of them, my sister has two kids, and I do, and none of them have any eye problems, so we're really fortunate really? about that. I mean, yeah. That's awesome. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, we, we didn't know if that, that um, would be the case or not, but we were willing to take the risk because we knew that blindness could just be um, reduced to the level of a nuisance or whatever. So, yeah. But fortunately, yeah, they're all fine, and, and so I do um, I not only homeschool them, but I homeschool other people's um, kids as well, and... Um, so I ha- also have taught piano lessons and do tutoring. So that's what I do when I'm not writing, and I do some transcription work as well. So I just keep really busy doing that. And we have like a one-room school around here because I do all ages and subjects and everything. So keeps me that's busy. That's just truly amazing, Connie. I have to tell you, you're just like truly an inspiration on every level. I think it's just the coolest thing, and, and I think that that's, um, you know, 
I would have never judged, even if you knew that your children would be blind, as to whether or not to be a parent, because it seems to me that you have more love and 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 life and inspiration to give well beyond what what somebody could see in front of their own two two eyes. So that doesn't really matter at all. But I think it's very cool that uh, that you guys see. I think it's cool you see blindness as nothing but a nuisance. That's just the coolest thing. Like I said coming on to the show and I, I I hope that your message and your your all of your siblings message gets out to millions of people because truly you're you're giving so many people their power and and in any kind of life that they could possibly want. So um we will do our our best to go ahead and help spread the word for sure. Peter, you have anything else? I have been in awe this whole call. Mhm. Me too. Blown my Very mind. Cool. Just blown my mind. Huge respect, unbelievable talent, and just a passion for living. That's what the Dash is all about. So yep. thank you very much for being our guest. It was unbelievable. Okay, and I so just, yep, let me ahead. just um, give it to him. Last yeah. one, RoryHoffman.com, R-O-R-Y-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.com, and go to Facebook.com forward slash Rory Story. Show them your love and, uh, and get the book and get the CDs and make sure you you go ahead and support this family and uh, sharing their gifts with the world because certainly they certainly deserve that, and so does the world. So <laughs> we'll see you guys again tomorrow here on The Dash. Alex? Thanks for okay. listening to the show. <laughs> At The Dash, we know that your time is precious, and your choosing to spend it with us means a lot. To get reminders for our live shows, click follow on the top of any show. Also, subscribe to our blog for articles, inspirations, and great products and services for your ever-growing business at thedashradio.com. For upcoming mobile experience, text DASH to 37404, and don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thedashradio. Again, thanks for spending some of your Dash with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.